We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, and welcome back to our conversations here with Dan. Sadducee. And Pharisees. Temple. And Zadok. Tabernacle. I, I feel like we're playing some strange word game. <laughs> you are strange, and this is a word game. <laughs> so hopefully you have watched our last episode. If you're jumping into this at some other point in time, I would really encourage you to go back, listen to our last episode where we were giving some foundational discussion of ancient worship with the Israelite people. So the tabernacles, the temples, uh, what did they do during their captivity time? And then we had just left off in the New Testament mm -hmm. and the idea that now the temple has been rebuilt, there's still synagogues, there's a temple, and we've got Jesus now here present walking the earth. And so what did it look like when he went to these various places of worship and then we're hopefully going to help move us into New Testament Christianity. All right, so everywhere Jesus went, he would, he would um, teach in the synagogues, which were gathering places in all the local towns. Yeah. And there was no Levitical worship going on there, but he would go and he would teach. For example, Luke 4, verse 16. Mm -hmm. We can read there uh, about the synagogue at Nazareth. Yeah. Luke 4, 16. Says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. And then he reads this passage. Yeah, and then he puts it, he gives it to the synagogue attendant, he puts it up and he said, Today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. So in the synagogue, which was just a gathering place, there were seats around the outside, no seats in the middle. And up at the front of the building, there was a cabinet. And in that cabinet, it was called an ark, there were a bunch of scrolls. And so Jesus would stand before the ark, or so would the man who would read. And the synagogue attendant would give him a scroll. In this case, he gave him the scroll of Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Every Saturday or Sabbath uh, in the synagogue, first they had a reading from the Law of Moses, which is Genesis through Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And then they had a reading from the prophets, which would have been Jesus's part there in the right. book of Isaiah. Yeah. And then they would have someone talk about what was read. They would have a lesson based on what was read from the scripture. So this was a synagogue service. This happened all the time. So Jesus knew that they would be thinking about scripture and talking about scripture. Mm -hmm. So he would go and he would talk in the synagogues about the scriptures that talked about him and his role and yeah. try to teach people about him. Now we kept, I, I was pushing the tension point a lot in the last episode. Were they coming to worship when they came to synagogue? Not really. Um, they, were, they were doing what we would call edification. However, they did pray. They said corporate prayers together. Okay. Sometimes they would say the Psalms in a form of a prayer. 
Um, there were different blessings or prayers that were led by men. And in fact, in, in uh, 1 Timothy 2, 8, he says, I would therefore that the men pray in every place, lifting up holy hands. The Mishnah talks about the man who would go in front of the Ark of Scrolls and lift up the hands and lead the synagogue congregation yeah. in prayer. And so that was done there. But none of the Levitical worship that's commanded in the book of Leviticus yeah. was done in the synagogue. The synagogue, essentially, it could have been what we might term today as a small group Bible study or a Bible class, or you, yeah. you might still pray, you're still going to read, you're still going to teach. Right. But it wasn't a worship service, no, so to say. No, it was not. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. That was still happening in the temple. temple. But All the right. worship service in the temple, you have to understand, was not like our worship service. Yes. It was nope. very different. No pews. No, you know, it was a, it was a courtyard where there was an altar. There were, there were white-robed priests and Levites. There were animals being brought, um, throats being cut, mm -hmm. blood being spilled out, animals being burnt on the altar, the priests blowing the trumpets, the Levites playing the harps and lyres, singing of the Psalms with this all during this time. Yeah. You know, this was a very different animal than what we're talking yeah. about today. They, they had a very cyclical sort of rhythm to their life, you know, whether it was at births or special events or deaths, and then they would have those feast days and all these other things. Yeah. It was, it wasn't just the, they came once, it was a continual sort of thing. Yeah, but feast days often involved things outside of the temple. They would come to Jerusalem for those, but the temple was all about atonement and sacrifice and yeah. drawing back near to God and all that kind of stuff. All right, so um, Jesus went to the synagogue. Mm -hmm. um, he also went to the area of the temple and taught there, as did his apostles. Um, however, when Christianity was established, beginning in the second chapter of Acts. Okay, Jesus has been sacrificed, raised from the dead. We've now had this Pentecost sermon. Yes. Then the Christians gathered together. Mm-hmm. Now, remember that the Christians uh, there in, in uh, Acts 2 came out of Judaism. Yep, that's why they were there. And, <laughs> and they became Christians. Now they gathered together, but according to uh, uh, Acts 2, verse 42, they continued steadfastly or devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm -hmm. and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And so the gatherings, the sunagoge, the gatherings of the mm. Christians, yeah. were different in some respects from the gatherings of the Jews because not only did they read God's law as written in the Hebrew Bible, but they studied the apostles' teachings. And they broke the bread in the Lord's Supper, which was not something included in Judaism at all. Right. And uh, they, uh, they were all about Jesus, whereas the synagogues were not about Jesus. Right. See? Well, I mean, even the example we talked about earlier, Jesus would read a passage saying, I'm the fulfillment of this. Look at right. what's... And so now in these new gatherings of... Christ followers, they're saying, we already know the fulfillment. Yes. Yeah. And remember, before Jesus was crucified in the latter part of the Gospels, 
he instituted the Lord's Supper and said, I want you all, after I'm, I'm killed and raised from the dead, I want you to do this yeah. in remembrance of me. Talking about the Lord's the Supper. The Lord's Supper. And so that was part of their, their gathering. And we read about some of their gatherings, like, for example, in Acts 20 and verse 7, it says, on the first day of the week, the disciples came together mm -hmm. to break the bread, and Paul preached unto them. So there was preaching and the Lord's Supper. And uh, we learn about other things as we uh, go through the New Testament. You know, the singing uh, of the ancient Christians, the, the Lord's Supper, the preaching, the sharing in the contribution, mm -hmm. the prayers that they, they did together. Uh, that was the simple form of New Testament. We could call it worship, but we would be better served mm -hmm. To call it the the Christian assemblies, the Christian gatherings, because yes, they worshipped in the sense that they offered the sacrifices of praise, that is the fruit of lips which give confession to His name. Hebrews thirteen, uh -huh. verse seventeen. Which they're drawing verse, on some verse fifteen. I'm sorry, drawing on the old worship versus how it's being fulfilled in yeah, things. Yeah, and, and we I think we cited at the at the last of our last episode, go to first Peter chapter two, excuse me. Yeah, first Peter chapter two, okay. verse four and five. First Peter two, four and five. Four and five, it says, As you came to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So now we have a spiritual house made up of people, mm -hmm. and it can be any place. It doesn't have to be at Jerusalem. In fact, Jesus even says in John 4, the time is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you have to worship the Father, but yeah. wherever you are, yeah. you know. But um, they offered spiritual spiritual sacrifices, not literal sacrifices, in a spiritual temple, which was just the gathering of the people. Yeah. So already there's been there's been changes from the time of the Old Testament when we come into Christian worship. Okay. So we have this change occurring. We have the people starting to follow the teachings of the apostles, mm -hmm. in addition to still reading the Old Testament, you know, mm -hmm. law and, and prophets and everything. And you've got Peter and Paul and some of the other guys who are out trying to teach Jesus, yep. they're still making use of some of these older places of worship or study. Like we still have them going to the temple courts. We still have them going to the synagogues. But they went there to teach Christianity. They did not go there to do Levitical worship. Okay. Okay, because... See, they no longer offered those animal sacrifices because Jesus was their sacrifice. Right. They no longer needed those Levitical priests because Jesus was their high priest in heaven. Mm -hmm. And all Christians, according to 1 Peter 2, are a holy priesthood yeah. to go before God. Uh, they no longer needed to go to the Jerusalem temple because the Christians, as a, as a congregation, are a temple made up of living stones that offer spiritual sacrifices. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's that's probably the key thing maybe to round out and wrap up some of this discussion is what does that mean for us to be a spiritual house, this new 
temple, so to say. Yeah. Does that mean we're drawing, we're jumping back to temple worship? No, not at all, because that was never taught by Jesus or his apostles. Um, if you go to an interesting passage we might look at here, go to John 2. Okay. And um, the this Gospel is, of John. Yeah, yeah, Gospel of chapter 2. Okay. And you go down to verse about, what is it, 16, 15, 16, where it starts, maybe 14, where it starts about the temple. Uh, yeah, the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Yeah. Start there. All right. Uh, the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple he found those who were selling the oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. That'd be out there in that courtyard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. He poured out the coins of money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. And his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. See, Jesus was very zealous for God's house, which was the temple. Mm. And if you'll go through that passage sometime and un underline every time it says temple or my father's house, mm -hmm. it's just thick all the way through there. Now look at verse 17, what Jesus said. Um, 17 was the zeal for your house. All right, 18. Continue going. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. All right, that last verse you read, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. Mm -hmm. said what destroy this temple mm -hmm. and in three days i'll build it mm. okay they not only according to that verse remembered that he had said this but they remembered the scripture yeah and if you go back to verse 17 the scripture is psalm 69 9 which says zeal for your house shall consume me so Jesus was consumed with this idea of destroying one temple yeah. and building another temple. But that second temple, which John calls the temple of his body, yeah. is his church, mm. the temple of living stones, the spiritual house where people would worship okay. from that time on and encourage one another. So that scripture goes very much with this discussion mm that we're having today see about christians who are priests in god's temple and they offer spiritual sacrifices see that spiritual contrasts yeah. it with the old testament worship right so they wouldn't have you know woken up so to say and been thinking about this and gone oh that means we should grab hold of what we used to be doing but stick jesus in it no they would have said this is new we need to follow what Jesus has told us. See, we had a little, a stinky lamb back there. Yeah. <laughs> we killed him mm -hmm. and put his blood on the altar. Jesus is the lamb of God. Don't need a stinky lamb. Mm -hmm. Okay. We had a Levitical priest with a white garment that had blood all over him mm -hmm. from killing animals all day. Yeah. But now Jesus is our priest. Mm -hmm. who takes his own blood 
before God, before the throne of God, and offers his blood for our sacrifices. Okay. We had incense back there that we offered up, but now we offer up the incense of the prayers of the saints. Mm. Revelation 5, Revelation 8. See, all of this is spiritualized. Yeah. So back then we had the literal sacrifices and the music of the silver trumpets and the harps and lyres. Now we have the spiritual uh, sacrifices and the fruit of lips, which is our sacrifice, mm. uh, Hebrews 13, 15. And we make melody in our hearts. So this mm. is the contrast that we have okay. between Old Testament and New Testament worship. And so that's not saying that, in, I guess something that you might hear sometimes when they're talking about, well, those were the things that were done then. And because we may not do those things now, that's somehow us casting judgment on those things. Like they were bad. No. But it's not that they were bad. It's just that their time has passed. So right. Look, look at um, Colossians chapter 2, okay. verse 17. All right. 17, it says, These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. All right. And if you go back to the verse before that, let no man judge you in what? In question of food or drink or regard to festivals or a new moon or a Sabbath. Yeah, and he's talking about the things of Judaism. These mm -hmm. things are a shadow of things to come. Yeah. Now, over in the book of Hebrews, where it deals with the Levitical worship and parallels to us, mm -hmm. go to Hebrews 10, verse 1. Okay. Hebrews 10, 1. It says, For since the law has but... A for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. All right. See, now that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Those things were not bad, but they were they were shadows. They were symbols of mm. the things that would come. Yeah. Um, if you'll go to Hebrews 13, verse 10. Okay. Let's see. We have an altar. Yeah. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. All right. So it's comparing our altar, mm -hmm. A-L-T-A-R, that's a killing place, mm -hmm. to the Jewish altar in the temple. Yeah. Okay. Now, what they would do is they would kill these animal sacrifices on that altar, and the actual family that brought the sacrifice would get part of the animal to cook and eat. Mm -hmm. And the priests would get to eat eat some of that sacrifice that was on that altar yeah but we christians have an altar a killing place mm -hmm. well that's the cross right that's where jesus died and we eat mm -hmm. from that altar meaning when we take the lord's supper symbolically right. spiritually we're eating from his body when we take the bread and we're drinking right. his blood but that's our altar from which those Jewish priests have no right to eat because Jesus is not their sacrifice. They've not accepted him mm. as their sacrifice. So again, that's a beautiful example of something that was very literal but was a shadow yeah. of what we're doing now in New Testament worship. Okay. And I think people that, that have these discussions about 
worship in the New Testament versus the Old Testament need to understand this mm-hmm. before having those discussions. Yeah, because again, even something as simple as if I keep saying worship and I keep saying worship and worship and you're going, but that wasn't what they were doing. Yeah, and, and also know. in the New Testament assemblies, uh, all you folks out there, don't say I went to church today. Don't do it. <laughs> say I went to the assembly today. I went to the gathering today. Then, what did you do at the gathering? There's this old, old saw that you know people say, "We've gathered today, brethren, to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to worship our God." Well, that's not true. First of all. Because the Bible teaches quite clearly that there are two separate functions that we're supposed to do every time we assemble. One is worship, and the other is called edification or encouragement of each other. (laughs) See, and much of what we see described in the New Testament assemblies was edification and encouragement mm. and instruction and teaching of each other. Yeah. There was also along with that worship in the form of prayers to God and praises to God. But right. not even all songs are worship. Some of the songs are encouragement. Oh, exactly. You know, love one another, that's not worship, that's encouragement. Yeah. Yield not to temptation. God doesn't not God's not tempted with evil. Right. So we don't need We're to encouraging say, each other. We're in encouraging yeah. each other. So there's worship and edification that takes place in the assembly. So you say, I went to the assembly today. Oh great. I score one for you. Now did you worship you personally while you were at the assembly? And did you encourage and edify your brothers and sisters while you were there? That's a good question. Okay. <clears throat> and all of those are not a like New Testament worship hasn't become an amalgamation and we just kind of picked and chose the different little things that we liked or whatever. We have the apostles teaching on what they did in those assemblies and what we're supposed to do. And maybe we can take another session and kind of walk through some of that. But um, so to kind of pull this together. Yeah. The Jewish synagogue was a gathering place. Mm -hmm. A place of teaching. Edification. There we go. Okay. Yeah. The Jewish temple was a place of worship Mm -hmm. in the Levitical style, Leviticus, that God commanded with holy things and acts that were supposed to be done. Uh, Those Levitical things of worship were shadows. Mm Mm-hmm of things that were to come later, spiritual things that were to come later. Right. So in the Christian assemblies that were taught by the, by the apostles when the church was established, there were aspects of the gatherings of the Jews to edify and aspects of the temple which were to worship. So that kind of theologically puts it into a, a, mm. a perspective when we get to the New Testament. Yeah, and these aren't things that you can just go to one verse and go, see, there's your answer. This is a long story that's played out. Read the out. whole Bible to yeah. see how all this played out. All right. So maybe that helped. We hope that helps. You know, it's it's something that I think the more time you spend with it, the better you'll understand it. Right. The clearer picture 
which we may have put some pictures up in the different videos, it helps to see those things and understand because oftentimes we can kind of build what we think that looks like based on our current situations. Yeah. yeah. And in, you know, the Psalms, mm -hmm. we'll talk about this maybe next time. That'd be a good thing to talk about. What place did the Psalms find in both Levitical worship mm -hmm. and what place did the Psalms find in New Testament assemblies? Was it the same or different? Yeah. That'd be a good thing to talk That'd about. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So maybe that'll be a teaser for the next time, um, depending on what questions come in. Did you say teaser or Caesar? Caesar. Not Caesar, Caesar. Oh, okay. I got no. you. I got you. <laughs> but anyway, as always, if you have questions on this subject, maybe there's an aspect of it or another verse related to these things that you want us to discuss, send them in. Um, we really do spend time replying in a variety of ways and we always like the idea that if we can help teach you maybe that em uh, emboldens you or strengthens you to go out and teach some other people and help have those conversations as well so we hope this has been edifying for you today instructive encouraging there we go and we look forward to seeing you next time Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.